right, thanks for tuning back in. This is the section where we turn the monologue into a dialogue here. It is the three musketeers back in Watch action out. together, man. Watch out. Man, at first it was me missing missing an action in my A, and then it was Jared, and then we did a, we did a podcast with BB, and that was just great. Yeah. Um, so now topic on discussion is Marcus's sermon, which he brought the heat, man. Yeah, he was, whoo, he came from my throat. He said, forget right. the introduction. <laughs> he said, the Lord told me <laughs> to forget the introduction. I'm about to come for everybody's throat. Flames. And uh, you, about to, you, about to, you about to enjoy this message. If not, you apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, Straight see, up. so I, I preface it with a contrast, you know, like you either you either love it or, hey, you're not a believer, yeah. <laughs> which obviously isn't true. But uh, Corbin, but you were back there in the back and you were like, come on, right. Oh. Come on. When you gave him the come on, well. it's like you're riding a horse, giving the little kick on the side. I almost. needed that kick. <laughs> the spur. Sure. I needed that kick. I was like, dude, this is about to be 10 times different because he's like. I'm about to destroy all your your westernized yeah. thinking <laughs> about the church and destroy it in a matter of seconds. That's what he said. And I was like, dude, man, I mean, I'm walking out humbled, right. you know, covering my mouth. And I'm like, Joe, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, Marcus, give us a recap of your sermon. Yeah, so we, we covered Ephesians 3, 1 through 6, um, where Paul is explaining... Uh, he takes a really high perspective. Uh, we know that the letter to the Ephesians is one of Paul's prison epistles, um, and he's currently in prison uh, as one of Nero's prisoners. But instead of being or explaining that he's a prisoner of Rome or a prisoner of Nero um, or any person, government, or institution, he says that he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus uh, on behalf of the Gentiles. And we know that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, but it's because of um, this strong Jewish opposition to the inclusion of the Gentiles um, through, uh, through faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that wall of hostility that we talked about mm-hmm. in uh, Ephesians 2 and all being united uh, in Christ, Jew and Gentile, Paul is explaining that that that's the reason that he's in jail, but he's no prisoner of any man. He's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So he goes on to explain um, how the mystery was revealed to him, and then he goes ahead and he summarizes summarizes it there. Um, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel there in verse 6. So, I mean, that, that's it. He's saying, hey, you know, uh, what was revealed to me that Jew and Gentile are one in Christ Jesus, um, I'm, my life is now dedicated or committed to making this mystery known to others. Um, and I'm currently suffering for this, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saddened by this suffering or it's not hindering my ministry. It's furthering my ministry. Mm-hmm. And God is sovereign over all things to include the ups and the downs the highs and the lows in my life so i'm going to continue to serve him in all of those man i i love i love that part about your sermon for sure it was definitely one of the highlights but we but before we get there 
please, I want you to explain to the audience and to me of just like what would have been your introduction beforehand, you know, before <laughs> the Lord shut it down. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, um, I think if I remember, because I actually let me let me look. Let me look. Pull up, <laughs> he can't <laughs> remember. <clears throat> no, I really can't, man. It it was kind of um, it was a little little scary. Uh, but obviously, recapping Easter, recapping uh, what BB preached on the week prior to Easter, as he concluded Ephesians two, and and then here's here's the the like sentence, right? Um, where Paul explains to his original audience and subsequent readers how Jesus's work on the cross reconciles us to God and one another, and is is um, is living to make this mystery known to others so you know it was something like super non-threatening inviting and everything else and i just couldn't it was weird probably like the second time it ever happened to me really yeah so why do you think you didn't have peace about it well like i was telling you earlier i think um what the lord has revealed to me is that i just over consumed um media not anything bad not tv or youtube or anything like that but i was just listening to um a podcast called pastor's talk and they talk about a ton of different um a ton of different things all of them great all of them Mm -hmm. um biblical historical theological um all for equipping church leaders and so i'm listening to this podcast for the six hour drive to kentucky and the six hour drive back and i don't know how many episodes I went through um, or listened to, but I know it was a lot. Mm -hmm. It covered 12 hours of driving worth. Oh, wow. Um, So there was just too much content, I think, in my brain, um, and I was just struggling with a lot. And that's one of the things about um, I'm a continual learner, so I'm always trying to go back and evaluate and assess, um, always looking to people and sources for information um, and critiques and and really just trying to grow in my communication skills. And that was one thing that I learned this week is that, you know, too much information is just as bad as no information. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So. That's so true. That but Jared, man, I want to swing the question over to you is, has that ever happened to you as a pastor who has, who has preached many sermons? Many sermons. And <laughs> you're just like, <coughs> the Lord's not okay with it. Like, he, he switches it up on me last minute. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure. Um, by the way, does anybody else struggle with pollen in Georgia? <laughs> My goodness. <clears throat> I'm feeling it. Um, yeah, for, f- to me, honestly, I'm most of the time adjusting what's on my iPad mm-hmm. on the front row. Yeah, if you watch them, you see it every <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> so it's it's not th- uh, not a un- uncommon thing for me to be tweaking or adjusting um but it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse maybe to be yeah that flexible and and um i want to fall back on let's let's be in tune with what the spirit's speaking in the moment yeah um but we we also know that he speaks to us throughout the week as we're preparing yeah to say that we're not getting um his revelation until we're in in right. the moment is is false and mm-hmm. misleading. So, 
Um, I, I don't have a specific, well, actually, I probably do have a specific, a couple specific stories. I remember a student camp one time that I was leading, actually, and I, I spoke two sessions out of five or six. And the last one, it was like, I got to go a totally different direction because I was hearing stories and testimonies and struggles from students all week. Mm -hmm. And that final session needed to just be totally different than what I had prepared. And in, in those moments, you know, it's, um, you, I, I like to think of it as a communicator. I, I'm, I'm a sponge mm -hmm. that's been soaking up as much as, as is necessary and as I can, even if it's not directly involved in the sermon, and this is not counterintuitive to what he just said, I hope. Um, but then when you get up there, mm -hmm. you get squeezed yeah, and it, and it comes out, you mm -hmm. know, and if you've been prepared, if you're prepared well and you know yourself, ultimately that that's a good process to be to be squeezed in the moment and for what God's put in you to come out. And you got to trust that he's put in there what you need to have. Yeah. You know? and, he, and he always comes through. Yeah. Every time. So. Yeah. And that's that's one one thing that I don't want to convey is that um, that I'm you know, it's like this in the moment thing. I'm I'm a lot like you said, um, I'm probably more rigid in in the preparation of my introduction and stuff like that than you are. Um, so yeah, I don't ever want to convey that, um, you know, it's this spontaneous extemporaneous sort of, sure. mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, introduction or even yeah. close. Um, I prepare all those things and, and I trust like Jared says, um, that in that moment that God will give me the words, but you know, through the week I'm, I'm preparing, I'm rehearsing, I'm going through these things that God is giving me throughout the week um so that they're you know collected and, and organized and they're communicated um communicated well yeah is the goal yeah yeah uh, which I, I ultimately i feel like you did a really great job Praise of God. thank you bringing bringing the heat and i think it definitely set the tone when you said hey like the lord told me not to say this introduction um mm -hmm. because just coming from a personal side of, of looking at it uh, I remember when I was like prepping something and I didn't feel the peace of, about it because it was just like, you know, man-made, intellectual driven, hey, let Corbin sound smart, you know, as he's doing the introduction or doing this. And I felt like when I scrapped it and allowed God to, to speak through me, it was a, it was a better, better turnout, you know, better, for sure, better flow. It, it fit better and stuff like that. Um, but definitely want to harp on the point which you talked about compart compart compartmentalizing faith. There you go. Mm -hmm. Words are hard today, <laughs> but definitely want to dive deep um, into what you said about that and what is the danger of blah 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 blah. Comprende? Comprende? <laughs> Comprende? Comprende? Yeah, you know, somebody somebody say yeah. the word for me. Compartmentalization. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the. And maybe this is this is an observation that I you know it's not any one person or any one any one place or church or anything like that. I think generally that that amongst evangelicals there's 
we've started to compartmentalize our, our faith in ministry and life, right? We've, we've segmented or, again, compartmentalized these things, um, you know, because now our workplaces aren't as receptive or open to sharing faith, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for the Christian in the 21st century? Well, you, in some cases, like was my experience, you have to make that decision. Am I going to be obedient to God and share the gospel to make disciples and willing to suffer um, whatever reprisal may come? Mm-hmm. You know, like whether that be uh, getting fired, getting sued, um, any sort of adverse action. Or or am I just going to keep my mouth closed about... Um, Am I not going to share the gospel with others that I work with, that I live with, that I hang out with, that I, you know, do sports with or hobbies or clubs with? Am I going to be quiet because I may offend somebody? Mm-hmm. And and the goal ultimately is never to be offensive personally, but the gospel will always offend a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. Um, and and we don't we don't need to pacify it. We don't need to try to soften it, but we just need to communicate it clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, to make disciples. Yeah. And when you when you said that, I remember it it triggered in my mind of going back through counseling and um they said that women were spaghetti and so everything like interconnects mm-hmm. with everything and then guys are like waffle heads and so they come Compartmentalized. Carpen- We're going <laughs> to practice this today, right? Compartmentalized. Compartmentalized. There it is. Yeah. I said yeah. it. Yeah. Compartmentalize things in their head. Yeah. They're, they're, they're saying like, okay, you know, sports on this side, <coughs> hanging out with the kids on this side, you know, watch a television. So they, so we're, we're like waffle heads. So that's what it kind of um, brought me to. And it made me just think about of just like, man, Am I with that w- with my faith of just saying mm. like I'm I'm living a double life almost in a sense like hey with my church friends um, I can speak this religious yeah. uh, code with them but then when I get to work <coughs> that's when I can let all the f bombs drop you know like or you, you yeah. say stuff or joke about yeah. things that I'm just sure um, so basically code switching you yeah. know like that's 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 where I got the picture of and so just wanted to play the devil's advocate and what you're saying just like hey that sharing the gospel or making discipleships may you know uh might lose my might lose my job or might lose some friends or stuff like that but it's i wanted to play the devil's advocate in a sense of saying like well doesn't god want me to have a job you know like doesn't god want me to have friends um how am how am i if i do share the gospel or make disciples and i do reap this consequence like I'm, I'm supposed to make, you know, fo- I'm, I'm supposed to put food on the food on the table. I, I need money. What would you say to a person like that? Doesn't he feed the sparrows? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Like, you know, the Jesus says it. What is it? Matthew five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, all the way to twenty eight. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, how much more? <laughs> you better sing it over there. <laughs> Just in case you guys didn't know, Jared's also a worship pastor. <laughs> he says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added onto you. 
Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for, herself, uh, for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, mm. But, you know, like, we, and, and <coughs> this, is where, this is where we struggle, right? Because we start trying to play God in our, yes, we're responsible for providing. Yes, we're responsible for, um, you know, we have to make money to live and, you know, everything else. But, like, we we tend to think that we're the cause of all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm the cause of my income or the money that I generate. Mm. I'm the cause of my talents and vocation and competencies. When really, God is the cause of all of that. Mm. Um, and if He's not, then He's not God. You know what I mean? Like, I was having a conversation with um, a guy last week, and he's a he was a, a he's a pretty new believer, and he was like. <laughs> He's like, hey, Marcus, so, you know, I, I like working on cars. Is that a sin if I if I spend a lot of time working on cars? And I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, well, I, I don't think that it's inherently a sin, but if if it becomes an idol in your life, if it um, if you start worshiping your car and working on cars and everything else, it can easily become a sin. Mm-hmm. And and so he's like, all right, got it, check. I'm I gotta. Um, <coughs> prevent or keep myself from idolizing my car making intentional time with god blah 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 blah. and he's like all right so here's the next deal you keep telling me that i need to be making disciples of christ and i'm like you're right that's because the word says it and um, (laughs) and and he was like so you know when i'm working on my car like i have a bunch of buddies that help and we all kind of ride together and everything else he's like he's like but i'm i'm afraid to share the gospel with him and i'm like why are you afraid to share the gospel with them? You have a connection with them through your competency, through this like hobby that God has yeah. given you, not mm-hmm. for your own purpose, not for your leisure, your relaxation, but to make disciples. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't have that same desire to work on cars. I, d- I really don't care. I could change the oil, change the brakes, do you know some minor things. Um, but, but God has given him this competency and connected him with people who do not know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if he keeps his mouth shut in that environment or isn't willing to at least lose friends uh, for the sake of Jesus, then then there's a real problem there. Mm. That's good. That's good. Jared, you got any? I think, I think it's a filter say? thing, right? Like the way that we um, – the challenge is seeing – the, the world, seeing your life through the lens of my faith is not just a piece of me. It's everything. So whatever God has given me, I am to steward for right. his purposes and not my own. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's what I'm taking from what you're saying right now and what I took from what you're saying Sunday that's such a challenge because, you know, it's not it's not bad to find leisure in working on cars mm-hmm. right it's bad when you make working on cars when the final end goal of working on cars is leisure and not also to bring glory to right. god the whole way right. um in all in in everything we do isn't it in colossians we do it all for the glory of god right yeah um colossians 3 23 there Sorry. you go there Banger. you go he must have it tatted. 
In my uh, mind, not on my body. Gotcha. Hey, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Written on my heart. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, you know, that to me, that's that's the way I'm thinking about it. It's, it's the filter that we look through. Uh, it's an immersive reality that we should be sitting in, like this ocean of grace for us to steward is not something we can carry in a cup and mm. pour out every once in a while. It's like we're living it, we're breathing it, we're drinking it, we're overflowing it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's a reality that we've got to be aware of constantly or else we begin to choose ourself mm. first. And that's where we go sideways. Um, as I looked at, you know, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, knowing that Paul was in, in prison, you know, it caused me to, to just reflect on who scripture tells us that Paul was yeah, um, known as, as Saul beforehand and was a violent persecutor mm-hmm. of Christians like to death. And after that Damascus road experience, um, you know, it, his life changed. Like it, it, it changed completely. Yeah. Um, and, and he was willing, like, you know, he didn't just carry it in his hand. Like, he didn't just compartmentalize it. Like, it consumed his life. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't something that he can just, you know, it, it wasn't an ebb and flow. It was like, this is who I am because of God's grace, mm. and I'm going to do what he's called me to do. Yeah. Um, and what we can do again is we can we can isolate this and say, well, yeah, this is just for the Apostle Paul. And yes, this apostolic commissioning. Yes, this um, revelation of the mystery. Yes. Like these things are specific um, to the apostles. Right. But. But the, the task for us is to go and make disciples mm. like that's what we're called to do. Yeah. You know, so so we steward our lives. Because we, if we are regenerate believers, like born-again believers, Mm. then we, too, had an experience with Christ where we were, by His grace, saved through faith in Him. Mm. He initiated that, like we talked about in Ephesians 2, um, when we were dead in our sins and our our trespasses and sins, um, in which we once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, but God... Right in verse four, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Like dead, God made us alive. Mm-hmm. We can't own that at all. Yeah. Um. So we too had an experience. It may not have been as dramatic as the Damascus Road. Right. But we too went from death to life, completely changed, forgiven. And um, heirs, uh, heirs, right? Yeah, like co-heirs. adopted into the family yeah. of faith, made one in the body of Christ, reconciled to God. And so how can we just live a life of, of silence or compartmentalization? Yeah. It, it's just really challenging. It challenged me, you know, last week as I prepared. Um, it really, it really crushed me. It's still kind of crushing me. I mean, yeah, man, you, you laid down a bomb that was just like so good that exploded in the midst of the service. That's still like with me even now because love the, love the wording that you used of just saying like 
Paul was in prison and he used the time of suffering and the opportunity of suffering to advance the gospel. So he's saying like, hey, you're going to you're going to uh, chain me with this guy. Cool. I'll share the share the gospel with this guy. OK, I'm in I'm in yeah. jail with this guy. OK, I'm going to yeah. share the gospel. Give so me pen and like, paper and I'll write letters. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like I can't share the gospel with anybody. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so that changed my whole perspective on things because it's like, man, how many of us use that time of suffering? to advance the gospel or are we still in this framework of like it's just about me mm-hmm. man woe is me oh my goodness i can't believe i'm in this situation oh man i can't believe i, I don't like this job like yeah. um and so just going down the line listing all the negativity instead of trying to uh shift that and saying okay how can i glorify god in this right. situation that i am right. that i am in because this life is a like I have to steward this life well. Right. It's been, it's been given to me, and so am I going to make um, lemonade out of out of right. lemons? So uh, that that was I feel like was the biggest like shock for me that that dropped because it was like I don't think I myself is doing is doing that in my life of advancing the gospel through my through my suffering or through uh this through my confusion and stuff like that because it's like man i I don't see uh my life as a mission right i don't i don't see it as uh i like what bb said that we're we're carrying the presence of god everywhere we go because we are his temple yep and it's like man i forget that daily i have that gospel amnesia where i i forget who i am you know, in yeah. in those in those moments where it just gets tough, or the the day is so demanding, you know, um, that I I forget that Jesus suffered for me, and in response, He wants me now to suffer for Him, and that's what I was reading about that. I was reading about that this morning in First Peter, um, and it's almost as I was reading First Peter, it reminded me of your verse. Or not verse, but your sermon Sunday, because I was like, man, they go hand in hand. You know, like yeah. Peter, the church is under the Roman thumb, mm-hmm. right? And they're they're being persecuted by Nero. And uh, Peter is like, hey, you know, you want to honor the em- emperor, you know, like, and that when you are suffering for righteousness, it's actually better that you are suffering for righteousness than actually suffering in your sin. And I feel like we choose suffering in our sin more than we, than we do choosing to suffer for righteousness. So we would rather like suffer in our wrong decisions, following our fleshly desires that lead to death, than actually living a a life that is, that is life and abundant in Christ. um, That doesn't really point to us, but we're okay with that. That's because right. I, I feel like we, we're okay with the little G. Yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't find it anywhere in here where, where the church was not persecuted. Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? Like, why is, is the church, why don't we see the, you know, quote unquote peace that we experience here in America I- in the early church? Mm-hmm. Like that, that, I mean, that's my question. I mean, so what would persecution look like if we were to get persecuted as Christians today, modern day? Well, I, I, 
Cohen. Anywhere in the world or here? <laughs> right. Uh, right. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, let's go here in America. Yeah. Which is ever changing as well, right? It's it, right now. I think it's it's uh, the the biggest thing I hear people worried about is, mm-hmm. oh, what if the government you know shuts down the church and doesn't allow us to be tax exempt anymore and doesn't allow us to meet together and doesn't you know or the by the way marcus uh came pretty hard after some throats about the guns oh yeah they too oh yeah <laughs> you know are you gonna be willing to give them up which is a real possibility so um but th- this is what what uh is so difficult right is contrastly thinking about the story that you have marcus of the you got a you literally have a rope that you brought back from afghanistan iraq iraq where people were being you got to tell the story but it's it's a totally different thing than what i'm talking about here right so one of my buddies who came back and, and i was tempted to to bring that um one of my buddies who um, went to Iraq in 2017, came back, um, and this, um, he, he throws me this rope in a bag and it's all like gross and disgusting. And he's, I'm like, you know, what is this? You want me to throw it away or something? And he's like, no, man, th- I want to give you this. And I was like, for what? And he's like, oh, well, I know that you're a believer. And like, well, he said, I know that you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we recovered this rope from um like one of the only christian churches in missoul iraq oh wow um and it was hanging on a on a gate post because isis had gone through the city and they hung over 300 christians on that rope that he gave me and then they burned the rest after they locked them inside the church so the church was like the outside looked fine because it was well built it wasn't built with wood or anything else you know mud and stuff like that anyways um, but the church on the inside was completely burned. And I mm. don't know what denomination they were. I don't know what, um, you know, what songs they sung on Sunday or what version of the Bible they, they read from, but I know that they were willing to die for Jesus. Right. Th- like in a place where it was extremely hostile. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm still looking at this gross rope, and I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to throw this away. But then I was like, you know <laughs> what, that'd be such a disrespect. Like right. this is – and I'm not trying to make it sound sacred or holy or anything else, but it's it's such a good reminder yeah. um, and kind of like a trophy hmm. to to celebrate those people. Yeah. Um, well, I can here on earth. I mean, we know that the word says that they'll be up there in heaven, um, yeah. you know, the martyrs. So anyways. Yeah. I mean, that's a different level, man. Th- yeah, th- yeah, that is a different level. That is a different level. Man, that's... But it gives us perspective, right? Like, because yeah. we, you know, we call everything persecution if we're not right. careful. And mm-hmm. even to preach these things, it's difficult to to uh, conceptualize or to kind of come down to our Western understanding of what that is. Yeah. Um, and part of me wants to just say, you know what? I don't. It it may be better to paint the picture of how bad it can be like the rope in yeah. Iraq yeah. Um, to open up our eyes to the perspective of how people truly are willing to die 
yeah. gruesome deaths for this, you know. And the more that we choose comfort um, or what you said, man, right. choose, suff- choose to suffer in our sin yeah. because it's gratifying a little bit in the moment. Mm-hmm rather than suffering for righteousness and being rewarded on the back end of mm-hmm. that obedience. The more we choose that gratification now, suffering in our sin now, the less we will be able to withstand the fire of persecution when it does, if and when it does come. Yeah. Um, the more we condition ourselves to gratify our flesh and be comfortable here, the less likely we're going to be to stand the test yeah. when, when the fire comes. And at the end of the day, what you said Sunday was, little G God is in a box, compartmentalized. Are we worshiping that little G God that's not the God of the Bible? If we are, it's not worth living for or dying for. And yeah. when you get to the end, you're not going to be willing to die for it. You're going to choose another little G God that's going to fit better in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you worship the God of the Bible, Big G, right. that truly is worth dying for yep. and is worth living for now? And what that looks like is dying to ourself, dying to our flesh, crucifying our flesh, and worshiping him with our li- not just singing to him, but worshiping him with our lives. Mm. Um, and in the process, he's making us ready to endure. Mm. He's making us ready to be mature and complete lacking in nothing as James writes and ultimately it's like ah you know you hear a lot of people I don't know if I could make it to the rope like I, I I'm afraid that I wouldn't like man they've got some kind of faith like I don't know if I have that faith could I make it to the rope and, mm. and die for what I believe in it's like well are you living for it now wow yeah yeah because the preparation for dying is to live as if you are not in the picture (laughs) and he is completely all of you. See, I I like, I like the people though that will ask themselves that question. Yeah. Because the people that will, will ask, am I really willing to die for him? Um, are in in my experience will be the ones who, um, will probably carry that out, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when they have to, it's the person, the person that I'm worried about is the one that's like beating their chest and like, yeah, I'm willing to die for him, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that but Peter, then, you're basically. right, but, th- but isn't living for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I don't need to hear your, I will, I need to see how you're, uh, how you're living your life. And is it for him? Because if you're not willing to live for him, you're definitely not willing to die for him for y- to your point, Jared. Um, yeah. So, so it's the, you know, we hear these like really bold claims. Well, if the government comes for my guns, if, if, um, you know, well, if they start persecuting Christians here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, but, but what did the early church do? Right. What did they do? They continued to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have <laughs> these church buildings. They didn't have these, you know, massive meetings. They met in catacombs. Yeah. Like in houses. Yeah. And, and they just multiplied, multiplied, not through an impressive strategy, not through an impressive right. vision or anything else, right. but through sharing the gospel right. in a society that was hostile. My, the answer to my, to my question, why we're not being persecuted here, um, like some of the ways that we see in scripture, um, in church history, and then, you know, at other places in the world today, I think it's because we, we, we are worshiping a little G God, one that we can put in a box on Sunday and one that we can 
um, I'm sorry, one that we can let out on Sunday at church with our friends, yeah. et cetera, but then put in the box on Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the most convicting things for me early on in my Christian life was, was if I died today, would my church friends and my work friends know the same person? Mm. Like, <laughs> I was yeah. like, no, they wouldn't, Lord. I get it. I need to change. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, I need to start living for you. Um, and I lost some friends, and, you know, I, I have a hard time calling it persecution, but definitely seen some adversity um, because of because of my faith in the Lord. Um, but he saw me through all that, so yeah, praise That's God. Good. This man said, by the way, when they were baptized in the first right. century— they didn't live much longer than a year after that. And I was like, Whew. and you know, it took, so it, it took them three years to get to that point, basically, because like they didn't, they, they catechized them. Like they, mm-hmm. they made sure that they were ready for baptism and it took them three years to get to that point, And then they were baptized. Um, and then they died. This is, this is the church historian right here. He is, man. <laughs> I love 99 that. on the paper. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm like, give me more of that, yeah. dude. I, all I know, I'm just like, okay, Ephesians 3, verse 1. Let's, <laughs> just, let's try that today. Let's try that today, guys, and we'll be back next week. Don't get bored. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'll try not to tell too many jokes. <laughs> but what, is that, what does that say? What does that say about the church today? Uh, that we don't catechize our people. <laughs> that we don't catechize or that we don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like, <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make a bunch of um, hoops and obstacles sure. for people to jump through, but, y- you know, we want to make, I, I think that we owe, that we owe the body of believers, we owe them more than just this easy believism. Yeah. Wow. Where you can just, you know, where you can just confess with your mouth. You don't need to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You can just say it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. Yeah. It's not, it's not pistis. It's not the verb where you're, where you're, it's, it's living an active faith where you're following him, where you're, where you're surrendering your life, um, dying to yourself. It's, yeah. It, I mean, like it, as we're talking about it now, it's still wrecking me entirely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it was just a different time too when it comes to persecution because like when it when when Paul writes that in Romans 10 of just like confessing that Jesus is Lord with your yep. mouth back back then back then they had emperor worship basically yep uh where the emperor would call Caesar is uh, Lord yes right like it was a worship basically that they had to confess that yep. Caesar is Lord um and uh, when the believers didn't do that, then they were either um, persecuted by like prison or they were killed. Um, and so Paul is making he's drawing a line in the sand of just saying, like, we're not going to say Caesar is Lord. We're, we're not going to put the Roman Empire on this throne um, and profess anyone else as Lord. And um Many people struggled, like many people struggled with that time. Um, so when they did say that Jesus is Lord, I mean, that was it. It's a wrap. It's a wrap for them. What was the thing called that they had to, that they got as a, like, 
they would receive um oh, like a ticket yeah but it was like a like a branch or something um i forgot what it was or, yeah maybe it was like a certificate either um, anyways they would receive something I about, yeah they would receive something um once they professed this and then they were willing they were able to say whatever they wanted exactly you know, they were you you, yeah. you could say oh yeah caesar is lord and then say jesus is lord but yeah to your point like it was a line in the sand. Yeah. Like Jesus is Lord, like capital L, period. Not mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. Um but I, but I still think that 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 confession, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, like it says in Romans ten, nine and ten, is still important for the believer. Oh, yeah. You're saying it, it, that Jesus is is capital L Lord, period. Um, that means that you're not, that the president's not, that this nation yeah. is not, that whoever else you could put in that position is not. Yeah. I mean, basically, we would be saying, like, God is president. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, if we would put yeah. it a day to modern. Contextualizing it. Yeah. Yeah. If we would put it in modern day time. And I think that persecution has just changed just over time instead of, like, us physically, us believers, as physically dying over the faith. It's us. It's a financial persecution and so it's kind of i i this is what i feel like we're moving in towards of just like financially being fined and persecuted as believers because we won't host a gay marriage in the church you know so just stuff like that that i feel like we're leaning more towards yeah i I just i I don't ever want to i don't ever want to to because people are are being persecuted violently in places like iraq the middle east china um and and everywhere else in the world but america Mm -hmm. like today um this isn't just some ancient truth like it today um so yeah i think we could definitely see some financial um adversity call it persecution um but i i think that that when people when god's people are sharing the gospel, you know, not pacifying it, not making it this easy believism, not when they're sharing the gospel, um, people are going to be offended and eventually they're going to get angry and eventually it's going to turn to violence. Yep. And we should receive that well with joy. How much more dangerous is it to be in a place that's not being, um, stirred up by persecution right like how much how much more dangerous is it for the church for a flourishing thriving church to be experientially pacified by the culture watered down by the culture mm-hmm. um the flame needs friction mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the coals need friction to produce a flame and um the greatest surges of revival throughout history have been with some level of persecution, sacrifice, uh, literal crucifixion. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're in, though we don't experience persecution near what others, other believers do across the world. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, a. uh, maybe the definition of persecution being pacification i don't know if that's a word <laughs> is even more dangerous to the church that we that the enemy's strategy is to lull us to sleep yeah and here we are to marcus's point 
compartmentalizing our faith, not sharing the gospel, not making disciples because it's just easy to profess and sit mm. uh, and come back and enjoy next week. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the, the church grows when the people die and Jesus yeah. is, is lifted up. Yeah, to your point, a death must happen. Yeah. Uh, that was your Easter. That message. feels like forever ago, man. I, know. I don't even remember saying that, dude. Corbin, before we before we go, um, I was talking to your buddy Dane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he came, and I was like, "So, what do you think, man? Like, um, what's the spiritual condition just based on your, you know, two day assessment that you've been here?" He's like, "Well, Corbin brought me to a bunch of co- uh, coffee shops, and and you know, it, it it reminded me a lot of Texas where." You know, people think that everyone's Christian because there's some Christian music playing, you know, in the coffee shop or, um, you know, everyone kind of says, um, bless your heart or or uh, praying for you or something like that. You know, and this is his two day assessment mm-hmm. here in the city of Gainesville. Um, and he was just saying that he learned in Texas that not everybody's a Christian because they're playing Christian music at the coffee shop. Right. You know, and, and right. not everybody's yeah. a Christian because they're saying that they're praying for you. Um so I, when I was talking to him, I, he's awesome, by the way. Yeah, um, he is. He's awesome. But, yeah. but just it, it reminded me, it, it sort of broke that, that complacency. Um, yeah. That can just it, it can occur naturally, but it you know, we need, we need to stay sober minded. Yeah. Um. And and committed to the task at hand of making disciples. For sure. Because First Peter says, "Say discipline in prayer." Mm-hmm. That's what he says. In prayer. And sober, sober-minded. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you are still with us and you haven't fallen asleep yet, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning tuning in with us. There's some great content that was just spreading around. Um, feel free to leave us a five-star review. Yeah. Come on now, and then also write a review as well if you like our content. <laughs>